G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Pastor Greg Laurie says insurmountable challenges in life are an irresistible invitation to bring them to the Lord. Sometimes we can come to church and we have a big problem. And then as we begin to sing to the Lord and worship the Lord, we start to get perspective. Because if you have a big God, you have a small problem. But if you have a big problem, is your God too small? So I I magnify the Lord. I see Him in His greatness. And it puts my problem in perspective. This is the day when the lost are found This is the day for a new beginning Amazing grace, how sweet the sound Again you hear all the angels are singing This is the day, the day when life begins The Lord has many options for reaching us in a time of need. Certainly one of the most obvious and most important is the local church. In a crisis, help may be as close as the church down the street. And today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us learn from the early church. As we study the book of Acts today, we'll see how they set the example for reaching out with the care and concern of Jesus Christ. And they provide us an opportunity to serve, to give as we have received. Acts 2, we're looking at the birth of the church. The church that Jesus started. The church that Jesus established. He only started one organization, if you will, when he walked our earth, and it was the church. By the way, the word church means called out ones. It's not about a building. It's not about a cathedral. The church is when God's people gather together. Because Jesus said, when two or more are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. The church is a place to find accountability. The church is a place to be spiritually fed. The church is a place to hear the word of God. The church is a place to discover and then use your spiritual gifts. And the church should be your family because we really are your family. So let's consider now the story here before us of what the early church looked like. The church that changed the world. The church that was accused of turning the world upside down. I'm reading from Acts chapter 2 verses 42 to 47 and I'm reading from the New King James Version. Just to get context, remember this is on the heels of the day of Pentecost. So the Holy Spirit has been poured out. And 3,000 people have come to believe in Jesus after Simon Peter delivered the inaugural message of the church, Acts 2.42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, the breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together. They had all things in common. They sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as everyone had need. 
So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those that were being saved. We'll stop there. So what can we learn from this church? If you're taking notes, here's point number one. They were a learning church. They were a learning church. Now let me apply this to you personally. If you want to be a growing Christian, you need to be a learning Christian. There's always so much more to learn. I've been a Christian, well, pretty long now, over 50 years. And you know, you would think that I know a lot and I know some things, but I've discovered that I have so much still to learn. And the Apostle Paul, after years of walking with the Lord, said, look, I, I am pressing on because I have not reached perfection. Pressing on toward the mark and that should be the objective and the attitude of every follower of Jesus Christ. These people were studying the word of God. Number two, it was a loving church. So number one, they were a learning church. Number two, they were a loving church. Verse 42, they continued in fellowship, the breaking of bread and prayers and continued to do this together. Now, as we grow in our faith, we will want to do it with other believers. In fact, the stronger your vertical fellowship, the stronger your horizontal fellowship will be. By vertical, I mean the closer you are to God, the closer you'll be with God's people. And if you're not as close to God as you need to be, you'll probably want to spend less time around godly people. And these first century believers looked out for each other. Look at verse 44. They met together in one place and shared everything. They pulled the resources for a time. And by the way, this was strictly voluntary. No one was forced to do it. But they did it because they wanted to. They helped each other out. And we do the same. You see someone that's in need. Maybe they need food. Maybe they need clothes. Maybe they need encouragement. Maybe they need something else. We help one another. We don't just pray for each other. Hey, can I do something for you? Can I help you with that need? This happens all the time. But this is the thing. We need to move beyond the phase of our life as a Christian where we come to church only to receive. You know, someone might say, well, I don't get fed here anymore. Okay, well, how long have you known the Lord? 30 years. Okay, maybe you want to start learning how to feed yourself, buckaroo. I mean, do you ever think about that? It's time to grow up. Now, I'm not excusing the pastor or the teacher from expositing the Word of God to you, but maybe you need to start learning how to dig into the Scripture on your own. You know, when my sons were young, little boys, they didn't always like to eat their food. So I had to find creative ways to get them to eat. Here comes the airplane. You've done the airplane, right? If the food's on the road. Or then the bribes. If you take two more bites, I'll give you your dessert. And in my case, I would say take monster bites. Take a monster bite. Two more monster bites. Okay, you're good to go. So that's cute when they're little kids. If I had to turn to Jonathan today in his 30s and say, take a monster bite, what's, something's wrong with this picture. <laughs> and some believers want to be catered to. They want everything to be cut up in little bite-sized pieces for them. Grow up and learn to study the Word of God and even more recognize that you need to come with an attitude of serving, not just being served. Right? Newsflash, it's not about you. 
Jesus said the Son of Man did not come to be ministered to but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for others. Listen to this. You're gonna find that great happiness and joy comes from serving other people because you have been blessed to be a blessing. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. Today, we're learning some important principles from the example of the early church. Pastor Greg is presenting the second part of his message, Better Together. Here's another interesting thing. The early church met house to house. Look at verse 46. They met house to house breaking bread. (laughs) This was the first century equivalent of small groups. You know, we have found that people who are in small groups have less marital problems, less need for counseling. Why? They have some people already in their life to talk to. And they meet with these people on a weekly basis and it makes all the difference in the world. Number three, they were a worshiping church. They were a learning church. They were a loving church. They were a worshiping church. Verse 47. Praising God and having favor with all the people And the Lord added to the church daily those that were being saved. This is one of the great things about gathering together for worship. Isn't it great to be together in person all at the same time? Don't you love it? Yes. We're so thankful that we've been able to reach a lot more people than we've ever reached in our history uh, online through what we call Harvest at Home. But still, I love to be in a room with God's people worshiping the Lord because the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. And this is what we do together as the church. We worship the Lord. Now sometimes we don't feel like worshiping. We're not in the mood. But the Bible doesn't say give thanks to the Lord when you feel good. It says give thanks to the Lord because he is good. But worship brings things into perspective. Because sometimes we can come to church and we have a big problem. And then as we begin to sing to the Lord and worship the Lord, we start to get perspective. Because if you have a big God, you have a small problem. But if you have a big problem, is your God too small? This is why the psalmist said, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. What does magnify mean? It makes something larger, right? So I I magnify the Lord. I see him in his greatness and it puts my problem in perspective. C.H. Spurgeon, the great British preacher, made this statement, and I love it. Quote, the sovereignty of God is the pillow upon which the child of God rests his head at night, giving perfect peace. This is not a great statement. Do you understand it? The sovereignty of God means God is in control. So when you lay your head down on your pillow, and you're getting ready to go to sleep and suddenly your mind is filled with worries and anxiety. And what about this and what about that? I go back to the sovereignty of God. What does that mean? Oh God, you're in control. You have everything in hand and that is a soft pillow I lay my head on, giving me perfect peace. So this was a worshiping church that came together to bring worship to the Lord. One final point. They were an evangelistic church. They were an evangelistic church. Verse 47, the Lord added people daily to the church who were being saved. The early church's evangelism was not a sporadic or occasional activity. Just as their worship was daily, so was their witness. 
They had a constant flow of new believers coming into the church. Sometimes churches grow not through new convert growth, but church transfer growth, right? But the best kind of growth in this church of a church is when people are coming to Christ and coming into the church. Why? Because new believers are the lifeblood of the church. You show me a church that doesn't have a constant flow of new believers coming in and I'll show you a church that is stagnating. As I've said before, we have a choice. We can evangelize or we can fossilize. Why are new believers important for the church? Let me personalize it. Why is it important to have a new believer in your life? Because they will energize you and you can stabilize them, right? Because they're full of energy and passion and vim and vigor. And I don't even know what vim and vigor are, but they have it. <laughs> they, and, you know, but they have some weird ideas because they don't know yet. And you're full of knowledge and years of walking with the Lord so you can impart that knowledge to them to stabilize them. But at the same time, you can rediscover things again through their eyes as they're seeing them for the first time. The Lord added to the church daily those that were being saved. That's why we need to do everything we can. Think of all the people you know that you could invite and have them come and join you and pray that they would make a commitment to follow Jesus Christ. I, I went to um, one of our, our small groups this last week that my son Jonathan has. It was an interesting collection. It was all guys. So one guy is a jujitsu instructor. Another guy is a real estate agent. Another guy is a barber, okay? So, so we're talking about the book of Acts and what it has to say and asking each one how they use their platform. And, and the jujitsu instructor talked about how he was able to share his faith with his students. And then uh, the realtor talked about how he integrated his faith into what he did. And the barber, to me, was the most interesting because I think anytime a guy has a blade up to your throat, they might have an advantage, I don't know. <laughs> I told him a joke I heard years ago of a Christian barber that was at church and the pastor said, you should share your faith. And he thought, well, I've never really done that. So he said, the next customer that comes to see me, I'm gonna share the gospel with them. So the man sat down and the barber put the apron around his neck and he pulled out that straight edge razor, put it up to the man's neck and said, friend, are you ready to meet God? <laughs> and the guy ran out of the barber shop, cape and all, right? So don't do that. <laughs> but actually the barber said the way he does it is he just talks about it. You know, because people for some reason when they're getting their hair cut or their hair done, and in my case, there's nothing there. But uh, <laughs> they start talking. You ever notice that? It's talk and talk. And so he says, so what I do is I just talk about how my faith works in my life and how the Lord answered a prayer the other day. I said, oh, you know what you're doing? You're chummy. Does that make sense? Chumming is when you put the bait in the water to get the fish to start biting. So instead of assaulting a person with the gospel, you just sort of drop some hooks in the water with some bait talking about what Jesus has done for you. Listen to this. The hardest two things about evangelism are getting started and then closing the deal. Let me put it another way. Take off and landing. By the way, the most dangerous times of your flight are takeoff and landing. So if you survive the takeoff, you're pretty good. So relax a little bit, okay? And I'm sure your landing will be just fine. 
But it's getting started, starting the conversation, getting into the conversation. And then if the Lord leads you, and I emphasize only if the Lord leads you, you seek to close the deal and say, would you like to accept Jesus Christ right now? What a joy it is when they say yes. Let me just say this final thing. Maybe there's somebody here that has joined us and you don't have Christ living in your life. Do you want to know that when you die, you will go to heaven? Do you want to fill that hole in your heart? Do you want your sin forgiven and your guilt removed? Let's all bow our heads. Father, thank you for your word to us. Thank you for the truth of it. And I pray for any that have joined us, wherever they are, if they don't know you yet, if Jesus Christ is not living in their heart, our prayer is that your Holy Spirit will work on them now. Show them their need for you and draw them to yourself, we pray. Amen. An important prayer from Pastor Greg Laurie. And if listening today has made you want to make a change in your relationship with the Lord, Pastor Greg Laurie wants to help you do that right now. As you've been listening to this today, maybe you've heard another voice. By that I mean, yeah, you heard me say a few things, but you heard God's voice speak to you deep in the recesses of your heart. And it suddenly dawned on you, this is what I need. Or to state it more accurately, this is who I need. I need Jesus, and I want Jesus, but maybe you don't know how to make that connection. Let me help you. Pray this after me right now if you want Jesus Christ to come into your life. Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner, and I am sorry for my sin, and I need your forgiveness right now. Would you come into my heart and my life as Savior, as God, as friend, I choose to follow you from this moment forward. Thank you for calling me and accepting me and forgiving me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I know that was a relatively short prayer. Maybe you felt something as you prayed it. Maybe you felt nothing. That doesn't really matter because God's word says, these things we write to you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. It doesn't say, so you may think you have it or you may hope you have it if God's in a good mood. No, that you can know it. And I want you to know, if you pray that prayer in a minute, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has come into your life. So congratulations. You're now a Christian. Now continue to follow the Lord. And to help you, we'd like to send you some resource materials we call our New Believers Growth Packet. It'll answer many of the questions you might have and get you started in your new relationship with the Lord. So get in touch and ask for it. We'll send it free of charge. Just call us on 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. And the team would love to pray with you too. Call 1-800-772-936 today. Next time on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg brings a study of the spiritual gifts God makes available to believers. We'll see they enable us to do the work He's called us to do. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called Better Together. 
If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast, along with more inspiring Christian content. Just search your app store for Vision Christian Media. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.